Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through View 532. Today we're going to take a look at Behind the Throne. This is a new game coming from Ares Games, and it's a kind of sort of a push your luck card manipulation game. So the theme of it is players are trying to sort of control or get access and score these different sort of roles that are going to come out sort of in a flop. If you think like uh, poker slash Texas Hold'em kind of thing, you're going to be flopping cards and then as you reveal cards, you're going to be making a couple of decisions about how to maybe trigger different powers and so on. Uh, and then at the end of the game, you're going to score up all of the cards that you have in a kind of a unique way. But let's go ahead and take a look at it and then I'll tell you what I think. So here's everything you get in the game. It's just this deck of cards and then you have the special card here which is going to help trigger and signify when the end of the game is and of course you get the rules. But that's the game, just this deck of cards. And on your turn, you're simply going to be doing one thing, and that is revealing cards off the top of the deck. And so you're always going to reveal at least one card, and then you're going to keep going until a couple of different things happen. And this is example one. If you ever reveal a card that is higher than the previous card, your turn ends, and then these go into the discard pile. Now you're going to play through the whole deck once you run out, you're going to shuffle up everything in the discard pile, including this card. And then when this card comes back up in the deck, then that's going to immediately trigger the end of the game. Now the other thing that will end the player's turn is if they ever get five cards, let's just put five cards out here. Let's say they reveal them like so, and they got super lucky and we revealed these out here. And then once we had five cards, then they can take and add these cards to the display in front of them. I'll talk about that more in a minute. Now you can also stop before revealing all five cards. So if I had revealed, let's say, these three cards here in this order, whoops, not that card, <laughs> that card there, and if I reveal these three cards, then I can say I'm going to stop and I'm just going to take these cards here. Now the other thing that you can do when you stop is you can actually swap all the revealed cards. So you're going to give all of these cards that you've revealed to another player in exchange for one single card from them. So let's say they had this four in front of them and you really wanted it, and I'll explain why you might in a minute. You can say, you know what? I'm gonna give you all of these cards, hunky-dory for you, but I'm gonna take your one four. So you can do that. So again, you keep flopping cards until you flop a card that's higher than a previous card, or you choose to stop, or you go all five cards, and when you choose to stop, you can either take all the cards yourself or swap all of them for one card from another player. So why are you collecting and keeping these cards? So as you collect cards, you're gonna have some in front of you. Now you can never have more than five different cards. So here I've kind of maxed out already. If I take a new card uh, that I wanted to add here, I'd have to get rid of one of these other stacks here. So maybe I wanted the two, I'd have to get rid of the three to keep the two. Now the other thing is you are maxed out at five cards per stack. So the most you could have here would be five sevens. You can't have any more than that. Now, at the end of the game, again, when we draw this through the second time to the deck, you're going to score all of these stacks. Now, let's say we had this configuration. You're going to score points for any stack that has more than one card. So the five and the four here, are they're not going to score. The other stacks are going to score their face-up value. Now, you don't count the number of cards in this case. It's just if you have more than one, you score that many points. So we're going to get eight, seven, and three points because we have more than one of each of those numbers. And then everybody adds up their stacks and the player with the most points is the winner. So ideally, you think you want to collect the higher value cards. They go from uh, two through nine. But these higher end cards 
are not as powerful as the lower end cards and some of the higher ends the eighth and ninth actually kind of hinder you a little bit so if we take a look here at the bottom of all the cards you can see there's just a variety of different icons and special abilities so let me talk about what some of these do i'll just kind of go through them in order uh, i will say right now it is would be nice if it had a player aid but once you play through it like once maybe twice you're going to get all of it it all is pretty intuitive so if you get lost now, don't worry about it. There's a nice sort of uh, description in the rules, but once you get it, you'll, you'll get it. Now, most of the cards' powers are only going to trigger if you have the most of them. So here, uh, I've got two threes, but if Francesca there across the table had more threes than me, then she would be able to make use of this power and I would not. And most of the powers you can only do uh, once per turn. So let's look at these. So the two will give you, if you have the most twos, the ability to look at the top card of the deck before you actually flop it. Pretty straightforward. The gesture here will allow you to increase or decrease the card you just flipped by one. So if you get in a situation where you might, you know, break that rule and have a card that's higher than a previous card, you can use the power of the, th the three and you just tap the cards or whatever to keep uh, track that you've used it. And then that will get you out of that situation. Now, the other situation you might change the value of the cards in is if you dest destroy cards. And I'll explain that here in a second. And the assassin is very similar here. She allows you to reduce the value of the card by two. And you can, if you wish, combo these up. So let's say I wanted to reduce the value of a card by three. I could use this power, power here because it can go up or down by one. So I could use that one to go down by one and then this one to go down by two. So I've used both of those for my turn. Now all of the powers for the two, the three, and the four are what's known as manipulative abilities. They're kind of active. You actively use them. Now the judge here, which is the number five, allows you to activate a manipulative ability either that you've already activated this turn. So let's say I did minus one, minus two, and then I do the judge again to activate the minus two again. Now I've got minus five. So I can do that to activate something I've already activated. or Let's say I don't have the most fours. Here, I've only got one. I can use the judge to break that rule, and even if I only have the one four, I can still activate it. But you, again, need to have the most judges to be able to do that. So the judges allow you to break that rule, but again, you need the most judges to be able to do it. Now, the next card here is the number six, and he sort of protects you from being having one of your best cards swapped out. So you can see that little symbol there. So if you have the most sixes in front of you, then when somebody targets you for a swap, because remember, you can either take the cards or swap with somebody, they have to swap for one of your sixes. So you can do that maybe to prevent them taking one of your higher value cards or one of your more useful lower value cards because maybe they, oh, I need to get that three, so I have the most threes, but Joel's here, he's got the most sixes. So, well, I'm gonna force myself to take the six and then, you know, and then now I've got the most sixes, so I've got the protection, that kind of thing. Now, the next thing here is the sevens, and this prevents you from having other cards destroyed besides the seven. So how do you get cards destroyed? Well, when you're flipping cards off the top of the deck, let's say we flipped a two, and then we were feeling really brave. We flipped the next card, and it was also a two. So remember, if the value's higher, you stop, you lose your turn, everything's discarded. If it's lower, you keep going if you want, or if it's equal, you can then choose a single card from another player and destroy that card. 
So maybe, you know, I just have them destroy the three. But if you have the most sevens, then they have to destroy the seven before they destroy anything else. And the other thing to keep in mind is you can, let's say we were doing it like this, we put this three out here as we're drawing cards. We draw the two, then the three, and then we use this ability here to reduce the three by one. So that's now a two temporarily. So now we have equal cards and then we can trigger the destruction. And then once that is done, this goes back to being a three and then you can keep going. And the other thing I should mention here, sort of a not obvious type of thing is let's say I drew a six here and I reduced that by a whole bunch. And this actually was underneath the card that was preceding it. And then when you keep drawing, you actually, this becomes a six again. So now you're up higher. And so you have a little bit better chance to draw more cards as well. So that's kind of what the manipulation there is for. So again, if you have the cards that are equal or manipulated to be equal, then you can destroy a card unless they have the most sevens, then you have to destroy a seven if you pick that target player. Now finally, we have here the eights and the nines. And these are very, very interesting because obviously these are gonna score you the most points at the end of the game. Yeah, it's great that you have this three that can manipulate everything and you have a whole bunch of them and you're doing all that. But at the end of the game, it's only worth three points. You'd rather have these eights or nines. But these actually are going to hinder your ability to do that swap and destruction, which are hugely powerful. So let's first look at the eight. So the eight is going to prevent you from destroying cards unless you've revealed more cards on your turn than you have eights. So here I'm revealing cards, bah, bah, bah. And I can't destroy anything until I have more than two cards revealed on that turn. So your ability to destroy stuff is going to go down the more eights that you collect. So you don't really want to pick these up until the end of the game. And the nine is similar. This prevents your ability to swap. When you're swapping cards, you're going to look at the number of nines you have, and you have to have cards revealed in the center greater than or equal to the number of nines you have. So in this case, I've got one nine, so I could just flop one card and swap it, you know, if I wanted to get a card. And you'll see a lot of that happening kind of early in the game, like, Oh, I flopped a two, but I really want your three. So you have the two because you've got to make a decision to discard something. And I really want the three. So again, you just keep going through and you kind of go maybe one and a half times through the deck. Uh, when you reveal that through the second trip, then the game will immediately end. Again, everybody adds up their score. Okay, that is Behind the Throne. Uh, this is a very, very interesting game. Now, it's very, very light. And it reminds me a lot of Ink and Gold. If you haven't played that game, it's excellent. But in that game, you're kind of revealing treasure and you're kind of doing that as a group. And then at different points after each card, players can decide to stay or leave. And if they stay, they run the risk of not getting any treasure, but they also run the risk of getting a bunch of treasure. So this is similar in that, where each player has their turn and they're revealing cards, revealing cards, deciding, you know, do I push my luck a little bit further? There's not really a lot that I can see that I can manipulate. Maybe I push my luck a little bit and then I bust. So my turn passes. Or, and then as the game kind of shifts, as sort of the special powers become less important to the second part of the game, then, you know, the higher scoring cards become more important. But those are definitely less useful in terms of manipulating and stealing cards and being able to actually destroy cards or manipulate cards so that you can easily destroy cards uh, and then even acquire more cards. So it's a very interesting kind of thing. So it's kind of like ink and gold, but with like knives. And you're literally like not just passively aggressively leaving without everybody, you're going after people and taking their cards. But I like the whole thing with the eights and the nines, how you know that prevents you 
from really abusing anything. Because if you could trigger and you start getting those eights and nines, you can't really make use of the swapping or the destroying. So it's very interesting. It plays super quick, maybe 20 minutes once everybody kind of gets the, the gist of it. I think it'll take a play or so just to kind of go, oh, okay, I kind of see how this will shift. And and it does allow you kind of a little bit of outside the box thinking where you're like, okay, well, I'm gonna flop this card and swap for your six and then build up a whole kind of defensive array of sixes and sevens. And then now I can kind of do what I want because you've got to waste time going after my sixes and sevens, whereas, you know, there's other players on the table that are a lot more vulnerable and you can take their manipulative cards. And, or maybe sometimes I go very aggressive and just take all the low cards and then try to figure out at that point where I switch and grab the higher cards. But if they're protected, it's hard to grab the higher cards. So it's very cool, like quick filler, but interesting decision. And I like the really excellent kind of push your luck aspect of the game where you are sort of pushing your luck either to see if you how many cards you can draw in terms of the overall count but also in terms of like what you're able to actually manipulate and get done so it's very interesting a quick little game uh, so i would definitely recommend it and uh, it's a nice lunchtime filler and also works great with the family which we've had a lot of fun with it so uh, definitely take a look at this one behind the throne